Welcome to Signal Boost. This is Jess McIntosh. I am here, as always, with Zero to Maxwell. We are joined right now by actor, division and despair, and are now jumping into the light of a bright path forward. Progress is here, and we're sharing its story with you, for you. You had a really busy pandemic, work-wise. Now here your hosts, Zerlina Maxwell and Jess McIntosh. And now, hopefully, we're knocking on all the wood. We're in the ending part, and we now have you on National Geographic's new installation of the Genius series. They did Einstein, they did Picasso, and now they are getting around to Aretha Franklin, and it is glorious. So that just premiered four nights. Have you really been that busy in pandemic, or are you just sitting back and watching all the stuff that you previously recorded come out and make us feel like you're all working 24-7? Pandemic, we were uh, we were at home like everyone else doing what we were supposed to be doing, which is staying home. So, uh, no, I was not, the, the, what you see is the busyness of um, the, the just before the pandemic, um, just uh, we started, uh, we, we, were, we had an episode and a half to go left of Genius. The pandemic, uh, as of October uh, this of uh, 2020, we started up again and uh, um, we finished uh, uh, Genius November 24th, just before Thanksgiving. And, uh, um, and then they were scrambling to get everything out. And we started up uh, with 61st Street. Uh, the, we just finished our first week. Um, so um, I'm busy now. I'm busier now. But I was, I was at home for five months. So um, hopefully I got some rest because there's not going to be no, no rest now. So anyway. One of the like, things I you think. You parent twins. Oh, yeah. Was that. Oh, yeah. That be right. rest if you're parenting that... twins. Right. Yeah, they're 15 now, so uh, it's on. Uh, yes, what has it's that on. been like to have teenagers in lockdown? Is that a very unique experience? It's 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 unique experience for everyone. Um, yeah, twins, college students, <laughs> um, you know, uh, uh, babies. Uh, it, it's I, I don't know, you know, the, there'll be there'll be books written and. Instead, we'll we'll be studying this time period for so many reasons, um, but it uh, you know we we really um, uh, try to practice what we preach, which is you got to help. Um, you know, yeah. we're you you when you were four, four and five and six and seven, you could get away with bellying up to the bar and not really uh, doing anything, but uh, you know eating and then going to play. Right. But, we can't have that now because we we literally can't make it without them helping. Um, yeah, mommy's mommy's working nine one one, daddy's out of town, um, so we're constantly on the on the phone on the FaceTime, just saying good morning, um, praying before we go to bed, um, just you know touching in the way we we can, keeping you know we have a wonderful executive assistant and uh, assistance because there's there's a lot of driving going on now. So it's just, you know, it is what it is. And we, we the new normal, you have to embrace the, you know, the new normal. Just, <laughs> so it is, well, it is what it is, is very true. Cause it's like, as much as maybe you don't want it to be the case, like we can't do much about changing this type of situation. Um, one of the things I was so interested in reading about um, as I was researching um, about your role in Genius, is just like how much we 
didn't necessarily know about Aretha Franklin's dad. Um, and I don't know why that is because there are other, you know, dads, you know, famous dads that um, were very much a part. I mean, at that time, everybody's dad was their manager, um, but, you know, we're very much a part of their, their child, you know, their musical genius. You know, I think of like the Jackson five, for example, but Aretha Franklin's dad, a little bit of a enigma. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm learning things I did not know. Was was that how um, it was for you when you came to the role? How much did you know about uh, Reverend Franklin before taking this on? What are some of the things that you learned um, in playing him that maybe helped you understand Aretha Franklin better, even? It was, it was just a different time. Uh, the, yeah. I mean, I was uh, during the... the uh, the 60s, the uh, I'm a 60s uh, baby, um, but uh, during the 67, 68, 69, the riots of, in Detroit, um, it, you know, it was just it was just a crazy, crazy time, just like it's a crazy time now. Um, and uh, he, I knew nothing about him, but uh, he was a, a sharecropper. Uh, his, his stepfather was a sharecropper, and he came up from nothing. He saw horrific things. There was nowhere for black folks to go at that time with any kind of, uh, you know, redress of, of a grievance or injustice. Just you just had to sit on it. And if you don't, you got Emma Tilled, you know, so um, you you it was just uh, that's just the way it was. And he came up out of that and found a way as his father, uh, his stepfather, because he was a sharecropper, stepfather. Uh, gave him an ultimatum because uh, um, CL was was had found his way to preaching. He was a young uh, guest preacher running around to the different small little storefront, not storefront, but small churches in the in the in the backwoods, and uh, um, he would go run ten miles and come back, try to be back before uh, sunrise, which is when his work was supposed to start. Eventually, his stepfather just said, "That's enough. You you got to choose the." the pulpit or the plow, you got to choose. And he chose the, the pulpit and his father kicked him out. There was no, well, you can stay here till you get yourself together. There's a, the cow couch in the back room. We've got it set up. But that was none of that. You just get the pluck out of here and go on and do make your way. And he, for him to turn and find himself, to, you know, the preacher with the million dollar voice, the most famous preacher in America and uh, living in a little McMansion with uh, his four children uh, and uh, being able to give the, them the best of everything. It was just, you know, was there any residual uh, collateral damage from that that big uh, break right there? Of course there were, but you look at all of the, you look at all of us, all of the Marian Andersons and the Ralph Bunches and that's the overcoming story we hear all the time because our lives back then were no, you know, you can't do it. No, you can't go, no, and and still, you know, hidden figures and still we rose. And that's mm -hmm. the story for me that, you know, yes, he had issues. Yes, he, they, he was, yeah. a, he was a, there was a mess in his, in his kitchen, but he, it's, he instilled something in his children. And so we ended up with Aretha who couldn't get a, 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 get a song, you know, through, couldn't break through for seven years in New York. She was struggling. You would think she would be, you know, easy peasy, but she could not. And she was had the same determination that her father did, which is probably why they butted heads. 
Um, and she 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 found a way to find her natural man, natural woman, and get her respect and and get her feel good. And she was, you know, off and running, and then it wasn't still with that civil rights um, nest that her father had to, to to know that she had a responsibility. It's a similar time frame to the one you you worked with in in Lovecraft Country. Was it like what did you did you draw from that work to to build on this, or did you feel like they're such different characters, they're such different stories? Did you feel like they're totally separate in your mind? They were, but as you say, um, just they were the same time period. So it 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 you I. I didn't have to worry about studying the time period because I, I lived it. I know it. I study it, um, and it infuses, you know, the the subliminalness of of the character. Now I didn't know the character, so I had to research the character. But in terms of that whole great migration, Isabel Wilkerson's mm-hmm. book, uh, "The Warmth of Other Suns," that great migration story is the story of the of the century. Um, how it impacted all, you know, all the, city, the northern cities and the southern cities, depleting the southern cities and, and ballooning the northern cities so much so that people didn't know, uh, white folks didn't know what to do with themselves, these black folks coming in here. And, and you know, that's what Detroit ended up being. They, they eventually found themselves in Detroit. It was, ended up being what they call a super segregated city, like Chicago, like St. Louis. And, you know, and folks had deal white and black had to deal with that that those circumstances and they weren't it wasn't pretty they because nobody was talking to anybody and it was you know it was ugly and it eventually led to the 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 riots of 1943 uh the 67 riots in detroit uh, um so uh there was there was a lot of hatred uh amongst uh, uh black and white there and other uh ethnic groups um, because uh, white folks felt that their, their their gorgeous cities were being impacted and overrun by undesirables, quote unquote. I mean, when you when we talk about that era and we sit in this one, do you feel like a lot has changed? Do you feel like not enough has changed? I think I guess I probably could predict what your answer is, but I'm I just feel like this is one of those moments where when we talk about that period of history, it feels so close. It feels like we, mm-hmm. we've we come a long way, but also actually haven't. Well, I, 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 nothing happens in this country without, and I guess in life, without a fight. Mm-hmm. You know, this country was founded on a fight. Um, and uh, it, was, it was preserved on a fight. Um, it, was, uh, it was preserved uh, on uh, two world wars. It was preserved uh, through the Korean War. It was preserved through the, the Depression. So everything is a fight. This is what we're going through. The pandemic happened in 1918 here. Uh, and so we're in the midst of a war. Um, and we have to recognize that there is, there's a war on two or three fronts. And we have leadership now that recognizes it, that wants to, to talk about it and deal with it. Love the cat. Love the cat. <laughs> and, he uh, just sometimes uh, joins. MJ yes. loves the camera friends. Yeah, he really, he always knows you know, exactly where to sit too. It's like. Yes, yes, right there. <laughs> center. You know, 
but uh, but it, it is uh, I, I I'm I'm in, I'm encouraged that you know it, it everything that that situation we find ourselves in the OJ the you know the George Floyd the, the you know the the subsequent uh, 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 the protests last summer the the Capitol uh, the vote the the voting uh, the campaign of 2020 presidential campaign the the um, the Capitol uh, insurrection all of those are opportunities for us to come together and say what are we doing Jay Leno we- with Hugh Grant what were you thinking? Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, but but you you see whenever we get to these points and there's an opportunity for us to, to chit-chat about it, we try to pretend like it's not there. We try to pretend like it's 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 other people's fault, not ours. We didn't do anything. I didn't I didn't insurrect. I didn't instigate a insurrect. We saw you, man. Stop talking. So, you know, it's it's us. It's it's we don't want to change. And so because we don't want to change, it's it's going to you sweep the mess under the rug. Eventually, it's going to just be a big old lump in the rug and you trip over it. And we're going to we're tripping. And at yeah, what point that's do, a we, good, do, yeah. we, yep, do we that's tr- we trip and go that we, we, we've tripped enough. Let's deal with the elephant in the, that's under the rug. We, we you know, will know when it's when it's time. Maybe a 9-11 will happen again and we'll go. Oh, are you okay over there with the ash all on your face? And I can't see your color, but you seem like you're human. Can you help me? You know, maybe we'll get to that point. I don't know. I, you know, I just know we need each other. We're not going to make it without each other. We need each other. We need the police. We need, you know, white folks, Asian folks, trans. We, we need gay. We need, we need people. This country is made up of a, melange of all of us and we can't make it without each other it's yeah. not gonna happen that's so true sorry it ain't nobody going like nowhere part of, right it seems like a part of that project is this sort of returning to our history and getting it right or at least centering the experiences of of non-white men in it um you've been engaged in a lot of those projects uh, from uh, the the O.J. Simpson, I mean, we're going we're going back about a lot of what happened in the '90s and looking through it with a 2021 lens that I think is a really important piece of like flattening out the bump under the rug. Similarly, Lovecraft Country gives us sort of a different uh, idea of the history there. Obviously, here we're seeing some real history in the Genius Aretha series. Is do you see that as part of your role as an actor that that you're able to to take on some of these stories that haven't been told with the fullness and complexity that they ought to have been? I'm blessed and and highly favored because I you know I I'm able to they, they've come to me with these opportunities. I I read. I'm a history uh, fanatic, so I, I I read the 900 page tome. Uh, Ron Chernow's book on 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 Ulysses S. Grant. I read David Blight's uh, tome on Frederick Douglass, his uh, Pulitzer Prize win. I you know I, I I read Hamilton. I saw the play, the musical, six times too. But I read Hamilton. <laughs> but so I you know I and I, I and I'm I'm intrinsically uh, you know interested in the Constitution says one thing as Martin Luther King says. 
and but but they said but you know and it, but it's all men are created men what about the women mm-hmm. what about the you know the gay what about the you know what we we it, it but we're we're not supposed to question it we're just supposed to believe in it and it doesn't really if we don't believe in what is not there that says that it includes us if we don't if we question it then we're not patriots we're not we're we're, we're anti-american it's like if we're schizophrenic. We, you know it doesn't include us. We're just saying, let's talk about the fact that it doesn't say that Jefferson, we're not saying that Jefferson wasn't a wonderful man and that he was a founding father of the country and thank God for him. We're saying that he is, as was Washington. As was, But you, you realize that they both had issues, right? They were men of their times. So, you know, that's all we're saying. I think that's all the protest was this summer and the, the statues, is that what are you doing with all these statues? We, we, we appreciate them for, but, but our Robert E. Lee lost. Why are they statues right. about him all around? Why is the town called Lynchburg? Do you understand what that means to people? You know, so we're supposed to, you're throwing it in our face and you're doing it on purpose. And we're supposed to just go, oh, it's okay. Yeah, Lynchburg. Right. I'm so happy to be a part of Lynchburg. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's. It, I think people just are getting tired, sick and tired of being sick and tired. And eventually, you're gonna have to deal with it. You're eventually going to have to deal with the sick and tiredness of sick and tiredness. And it's not because they're thugs, and not because they're you know radicals and revolutionaries. It's just people are just tired of being being marginalized and yeah, and th- throwing it in their faces. You know, it's like. We got in, we, we talk now, we can do, do this. We can get together with folks. And you, you, you know, we can, we can go, to tell people to go vote. And we know that you're, you're gonna try to, to keep us not from voting by the absentee ballot. Stop it. Stop trying to keep, do the negative. You know, we have to come together. And if you do it, we all can go up. That's yeah. the issue that we don't, they, Folks, some folks don't want us all to go up. They want some yeah. folks to be down. And some that's the way that traditionally this country has operated. And folks right. are saying, now, I don't want to operate like that anymore. Right. That's so true. I want to thank you for this conversation this morning. It has been really illuminating. Also, I want to thank you for everything you've ever made in your career because it's just exactly. been wild to watch. Like my entire life has been Courtney B. Vance doing things that I think are cool. So it's just great to have met you. Thank you so much yeah. for being with us today. Thank you so much. Is on National <laughs> Geographic and many, many other places. I highly recommend everybody watch it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Zuni. Stay safe. Thank you so much. Thank you all so much for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at Zerlina Maxwell, at Jess underscore MC, and at Signal Boost Show.